Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. But we started out talking about how we were created to serve, how we were created, how we were God's workmanship, and he had created us to serve. And then we went forward talking about how we had been set free to serve, moved on into being anointed. Somebody says, I'm anointed. I'm anointed to serve. We moved into talking about how God had anointed us to serve. And then we looked at the dedicated servant. On Mother's Day, we looked at Mary and Martha, and we looked at the dedicated servant and what it looked like to really dedicate our lives to serve God. We looked at the pattern of service, what service really does. And then we looked at the fact that we were equipped to serve. Somebody say equipped to serve. We got everything we need to serve. And then our young people came and we had graduation. And we talked to them about entering a life of service, entering a life of service that it was more than just moving on to the next grade or moving on in life, but it was about entering a life of service, teaching them to serve. And then Pastor D came and we talked about following Jesus' example or Jesus' life or Jesus' lead in service. And so today I want us to end our series talking about the reward of service. The reward of service, the reward, the reward. Somebody say the reward. I want to talk about the reward of service because in this day and time, society teaches us to want everything instant. We want everything fast, quick, in a hurry. We want, even when we go to a fast food, if they don't give it to us fast enough, we get an attitude. We say, what's taking them so long in there to get the food out? Because we're used to everything in the instant. Instant grits, instant oatmeal, instant coffee. We want everything now, 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 now. We hold our phones in our hand when we do a post because we want somebody to respond instantly. We want to know who clicked the like, who did the love, who retweeted it, because we want things to be done in an instant. But the problem with that is because we become so conditioned to want things now, 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 we get out of sync with how God operates because his time is not our time. He's operating on an entirely different clock. In fact, right now it's 1222, but to him it's not. That's the time that we set based upon our Eastern calendar, based upon our time, based upon our equinox, based upon what we say and how we say the world rotates. But he operates on a whole different time. In fact, David says that he says that his time is different. He says a day in your courts. It's better than a thousand elsewhere because God's on a different schedule. He got a whole different clock. It's important for us to understand that because when we're serving and we're living for God and we don't see things happening instantly, we don't see things occurring right now, it's very easy for us to get off course because we are very undisciplined as a people. I've been reading this book. I don't know if I want to recommend that you read it or not because I found out in it as I got a few pages that the author cusses. So I said, well, Lord, <laughs> I'm going to need some whiteout because <laughs> what he's saying is good stuff, but I don't like the fact that he cusses. 
But it's a, a book by Tim Grover, and it's actually a good book. He's talking about how we move from good to great. We heard it with Jim Collins before. But this gentleman is talking about how you go from good to great to relentless. And I begin to read the book, and in the entire time he's comparing it with many of the known, with the Michael Jordans and the Kobe. He talks about the time when Kobe hurt himself, when he tore his Achilles, and, and how many people would have just gotten off the court. But Kobe went back to the line, and he didn't just make one shot, but he made two. He talks about how as players, most of those that you see at the top are relentless. And I start thinking about it, and I start asking the question, how many believers are relentless? How many of us will continue to do what God has given to us without letting up, irregardless of the circumstance or what we see? How many of us will keep going day after day after day? Or how many of us, when a situation occurs or something happens to us, will say, you know, I've got to pause for a moment. I've got to do this and do that because I just can't make it anymore. Because, see, songs teach us that just couldn't live life anymore. Y'all remember that song? I was talking about that last week, how everything we sing just couldn't take life any. The devil thought he had me, but Jesus came in at me but the bible says that jesus always has you but i begin to wonder i said how many of us are relentless how many of us will just go at how many of us will go hard in the paint for what god has given to us and what god has said how many of us just won't let up until we see the manifestation of the promise And I begin to look at it and I say, the reason why we don't is because of what we've been taught. And that is to be a people of instant gratification. See, there is a great difference. The Bible talks about rewards. But you never hear Jesus talking about an award. Because there's a difference between an award and a reward. An award is usually something you get for an achievement. It's usually something that's done publicly. They uh, come, you say, oh, such and such did a great job. We're going to give them an award. Or, oh, they had the best film, and so we're going to give them an Oscar. Or, oh, she was beautiful, Miss Universe, so we're going to give her a crown. Or, oh, it was that the entertainment went so well that we're going to award you a People's Choice Award. We love to even watch the awards. Do they still have the MTV awards? But they got the BET. I do know that much. We get so accustomed to an award. Award is where the public, the thing, if you notice the thing, the difference with an award, an award is where the public has an opinion. There's more than one person that votes for you to receive the award. I don't care if it's on your job, more than one person, even if your boss said they wanted to give you an award, they had to take it to their boss to say that that was okay and to tell them why they wanted to give it to you because that's an award. But if you notice in the Bible, Jesus never talks about an award. He always deals with a reward. 
Because rewards are generally done in private. They're not done out in the public. Rewards are generally about your service and not your achievements. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach. Somebody say, just go on and preach. Rewards put us in a place where they are decided by one because with the reward, you are in an audience before one. See, with the reward, it's all about the father. He says the father who sees in private, we're in public, we reward you in private. Or the father who sees in private, we reward you in public. Because God is into rewards and not awards. See, we want to get the award to say we was the best servant. Ooh, yes, let's get an award. The best servant in the house. But God says, I'm not interested. If you get that from man, then that's your reward. Come on, turn to Colossians. I, I got a scripture. I got a scripture. Turn to Colossians 3. Turn to Colossians 3. And I want to look at verse 23 to 25. I want us to look at it. And in fact, I'm going to read it to you. We're going to read it in the New King James. Then we're going to turn around. We're going to read it in the Messenger. And then we're going to turn around. We're going to read it in the New Living Translation. We're going, so we're going to read it in New King James first. Then we're going to read it in, what I say, the Messenger? And then we're going to read it in New Living Translation. So NK, New King James, M, Messenger, and NLT, New Living Translation. Let's go. And whatever you do, you want to read it with me? Well, that's all right. Then let's read it together. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Mm. Let's read it in the message. Let's read it in the message because it gets even gooder. Gets even gooder. Work from the heart for your real master for God. Confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being Christian doesn't cover up bad work. Come on, let's read it one more time in New Living Translation. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done, for God has no favor. Sometimes you just got to read the word. Sometimes you just got to understand what the word says. Because when you understand the word and you read the word, the Bible says that when you read the word, the word of God brings light 
It is a light. It brings light to you so that you know which way to go. It is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway. It shows you what to do. See, when you know better, you and I, then we can do what? We can do better. We can do better. So let's talk about this reward. Let's talk about this reward. I like it because here in Colossians, I love it because Paul is talking to a people that in reality, he almost says the same thing to the church at Coloss that he said to the church in Ephesians at Ephesus. He almost mirrors the message in Ephesians that he does in Colossians. But I love it because when you look at Colossians, it looks like a little small book. But when you really break it down, he starts out talking to them about how to live their lives in private. He doesn't talk to them about what to do in public. He says, let me talk to you about how to live your life in private. In other words, what you do at home is what he's concerned about. Because sometimes we get out and all we want to look at is what people see on the outside. But can I tell you something? A lot of what we see on the outside ain't real. A lot of what we see on the outside is not true. A lot of what we got perpetrators. Somebody say perpetrators. We got people perpetrating and God says it's enough of that. It's enough already. So he starts out and he starts talking to them. Somebody say calm down, pastor. Calm down. I'm so, I get so excited in the Lord. Look, Carol said no. Come on, come on. (laughs) Don't calm down. But he starts talking to them about what to do at home. And then he moves in and he starts dealing with them in that same chapter about how to live their lives in their prayer, in the closet. You know, Michael used to say, keep it in the closet. (laughs) Paul says that I'm looking to see how you live your life in the closet in your prayer life. Because if what you do in public is predicated on how you live in prayer and in private, I'm going to need you to spend a little more time in there so when you come out here, you might act right. I love it because if you notice, he deals with your private home first and then goes back to prayer. And I said that's because some of what we're doing in private at home, we need to take it to the Father in prayer. Because some of what we're doing, we're trying to handle it on our own. And he say, if you bring it to the Father in prayer, then he can begin to move on your behalf in your situation. And then here in these verses, he takes it to your public life. Now he's talking about what you do in public. He talks, look, 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 look. Somebody say, look, look, look. He talks to them, first of all, about as, as mothers and, and fathers. Look at, look at Colossians 3. Look at Colossians 3. Verse 18, he says, wives, this is what you need to do. Verse 19, he says, what? Husbands, this is how you need to act. Verse 20, he talks to who? Children. He talks to children. Then he goes back to verse 21 and deals with who? Fathers, fathers. And then in 22, he starts dealing with slaves or those that were workers. We could equate that to us today as people who work, as people who work. He comes out and he starts saying, whatever it is you do, there's a way that I need for you to do it. So I want us to talk for a minute. I want us to talk about this reward, this reward. And I'm going to give you a few scriptures we're going to look at. But the first thing I want you to understand is that your reward is reserved for you. Somebody say, my reward is reserved for me. Your reward is reserved for you. Look at 1 Peter 1 and 4. I want you to look at this reward because he says a few things about this reward that will cause you when you understand it's waiting for you. And not only is it waiting for you, nothing can happen to it. 
You know, sometimes we start worrying about what the reward, what's going to happen to it and where it's at and, and will it be there for me when I get there? Will it run out? But he says, you have a reward, an inheritance that is what? It's incorruptible. It is undefiled and that does not fade away. And where is it? It's reserved in heaven for you. Somebody said for me. See, sometimes when we are moving about and we're working, we are looking at awards, but God says, I've got a reward. I've got an inheritance. I have a promise that I've set up just for you. And you have to understand that nobody can have it. It's got your name written on it. Nobody can come and pick it up. It won't go anywhere. It won't get broken. It won't tarnish. Hallelujah. Before you get there. I don't know about you because I look at sometimes the Bible and I say, man, Paul has been talking for a long time. Now, We've been living for a long time. Is everything still going to be the way he says it's going to be? But when you look at the Bible, he says that the reward I have for you won't be messed up. It can't be taken away. It won't be destroyed. Nobody can defile it. It won't be faded away, but it is in heaven and it is reserved for you. Now, all the saints that work hard ought to be saying amen. Amen. Ought to be saying amen. So he says, the first thing I want you to understand is that your reward is reserved for you. It's already set aside. You don't have to worry about it or be concerned. So every day, you know, we always say this, what God has for me is for me. But many times when we use that verbiage, we're talking about a house. Because you didn't get the first one. And so when we go to apply for the next, we say, well, I ain't worried about it because what God has for me is for me. But Paul says, I want you to get your mind off of the earthly and I want you to start looking at the eternal because the truth of the matter is when you and I are gone, that house, that car, it won't mean anything to us. He says, I want you to understand that I've got something far greater for you and I've got something so great for you that I put your name on it. Right now, we get a chance to enjoy some of the things of life. But then God says he's got something waiting for us that far outweighs the suffering that you're going through, that far outweighs what you experience. He says, what I have for you is an eternal weight of glory. It far outweighs the suffering. It far outweighs the sacrifice. It far outweighs what you deal with on a day-to-day life. That's why when I see some things happen in life, I say, you know what? I ain't thinking about that. Because that means nothing to me where I'm going. See, one of the things that the enemy specializes in is distractions. He specializes in getting us and keeping us distracted. And what he normally does it with, he does it with things that we care about and people we care about. See, it it wouldn't mean anything to the enemy um, to, to take something and use something that doesn't matter to you. If it doesn't matter to you, you won't even be moved by it. But he deals with things and people and places that matter to you, that are close to you, that you're concerned about because he wants you to get distracted. Why? Because he wants you to be so consumed with what you think is happening now that you forget that there is already a reward waiting for you then. Somebody say, my reward is reserved for me. Here's the next thing I want you to know about your reward. Not only is your reward reserved for you, but listen to this. Your reward is based upon what you do. It's based upon what you do. Now, 
before you start thinking it's all just good things. Yeah, he talks about some good things, but he also deals with some other things. Can we look at it? All right, look at uh, Ephesians 6 and 8. Look at Ephesians 6 and 8. And I'm going to look at 2, and I'm going to look at Matthew 16 and 27 too. But Ephesians 6 and 8, he says, Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is what? Slave or whether he's free. So in other words, Jesus is saying he's not partial. It doesn't matter to him who you are. In the end, he's going to give to us our reward based upon what we do. Now look at Matthew, look at Matthew, look at Matthew 16, Matthew 16 and 27, look at Matthew 16 and 27, because we have to understand that our reward is based upon what we do, what we do. He says, for the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his, according to his good works only according to his good works only according to his he said no according to his according to his works so you and I will go to the bema to the judgment seat and whatever we have done be it good or be it bad he is going to reward us according to our works according to our works that's why i love when we read the colossians passage in um the message and he says that shoddy work i love it because sometimes we do stuff for god and we just throw it together you know you know we come come on come on i'm gonna come i'm gonna come down your road this morning i'm gonna step on your toe so if you don't want them stepped on slip them in just or say ouch and let's keep moving because we're gonna get better somebody said we're gonna get better even in the ways that we serve the lord how we serve them. You ever notice that? You ever notice that when it rains on Sunday, we can't seem to come to church because it's raining. But if it rains on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we do not call in to work. Have you noticed our vehicles work on the road when it's raining to go to work? But when something ha- see, this is all about, we just talking about serving the Lord. I'm just giving you some real practical examples. When it's time to go to church and it's raining, we have to think about that. We'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in today. But we might do that one day for work, but we won't do it every week. Come on, somebody. Have you ever noticed that when we talk about, you know, coming to, to serve and, and coming to, to a time of study and a time of, of, of coming together to read the word and get together with the word? Have you ever noticed that's the only time we complain about going to, going to one place more than one time a week? We go to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Let them say you come to church on Sunday and Wednesday night. We'd be like, I just can't be going to church every day. But we go to work every day. If our boss asks us to do something, because we're looking for the award. We, look at, we like to get the award. We love for them to say we did so good at work. What we call the promotion. We love all of that stuff. Oh, my goodness, we'll work our backs out. We'll stay at work and stay there late. Y'all remember that term, working back out. We stay there late. I don't know if it really was a good term, but we said it, though. It might sure look like it might not be so good, Pastor. But we used to say it, though. But you know, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I might even say that one. Okay. 
Say, hold that one, pastor. But you ever notice we'll go to work and we'll work zealously. We'll do, I mean, we will put everything that we have in it because in the end we want the award. But we'll come and listen, half do something at church, won't do something at church, won't serve in the community, won't do that, won't, because we feel like there is no award to be given. But God says he's not going to give you an award. He's got a reward for you. So our reward is based upon what we do. Somebody say what we do. It's based upon what we do. He says, look at the verse where he says, whatever you do. I want to look at that whatever, 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 because God does not compartmentalize. You saw it trying to come out. Let's say it again. Compartmentalize. God does not put our life in boxes. He doesn't say this is what you do at work. This is what you do at church. This is what you do during your recreation time. No, no. He says whatever you do. Whatever you do. So he says it doesn't matter where we're at. Doesn't matter what we're doing. He said whatever you do. So the next time you're doing what you do, just ask yourself, God, am I doing this heartily unto you? Am I doing this heartily? Am I? Because he says, whatever you do, it doesn't matter where, when, whatever it is you do. It doesn't matter if you're taking out the trash. He said, whatever you do, you ought to do it heartily. Because your reward is based upon what we do. Here's the next thing. Our reward is based upon how we do what we do. Somebody say, how you do it? How you do, what you do, when you do, how you do. Y'all know I'm a song girl, so songs come to me all the time, right? Songs come to me. If, if songs didn't come to me, I wouldn't be firm. Songs come to me all the time, don't matter what song it is. But look at what he says. He says, whatever you do, do it heartily. Do it heartily. That word there is the same word we get for soul. He says, so whatever you do, Do it heartily. Do it genuinely. Do it for real. Do it, as we get this term from the young people, do it 100. He says, whatever you do, because your reward is going to be based upon not just what you do, but how you do what you do. He says, so whatever we're doing, he wants you to do it from within, wants you to do it from your heart, not for other people to see, not for it to be a show. He says, because while other people are watching, it's really not about what they see because only one person is able to give you the reward. So there may be a whole bunch of people watching you. He says, but it's not about what they see. It's about what I see. And he's saying, do it heartily. Do it with all that you have inside of you. Listen, listen, listen. I'll give you a very plain, plain, plain. Uh, yesterday I washed some clothes. I'm just trying to wash clothes, just trying to wash. Somebody said wash clothes. Yes, I got to wash clothes. Some things I get around, but washing clothes, I got to wash clothes. And I'm just washing clothes. And you know how you get down to that last load? And you're just looking at it. it it's, you got, it's really two. And you're looking at them, and you really want to make them one. But you know if you put that pink in there, it's going to bleed over on some of those clothes. And put that red, it's going to bleed on. And I was just looking. I was like, oh, man, that one towel. Can we just take that one towel and just throw it in? 
And I can hear the Lord saying, whatever you do, do it heartily. Do it from everything in you. Do it right. And you know, I said, you know what, Lord? You are so right even about these towels, God. Even about this laundry you're right about. Because he says, whatever you do. And then I wanted Marcus to take the things and I just wanted to leave them in the chair and say, I'll get them on Monday. And as I begin to walk by the chair, he said, whatever you do. I said, Lord, we're going to be doing this all weekend. So we're going to be doing this for your life, whatever you do. He's not just interested because let me tell you what happens. Whatever you do becomes a witness to someone else. Whatever you do. See, if I just take everything and just crumble it up, the first thing my husband will say is, you know, she do this one way at church. But when she at home, she do something else. And what will happen is you will tear down your witness before a person where they won't have that respect for you that they should have because they say, you're not real. You're perpetrating. You're faking. You do something one way when people are watching, but when no one is watching, you do it another way. So he says, whatever you do, you have to do it in a way that's genuine and has all of you in it. You give your whole self. Somebody say, I give myself away. I'm real passionate about this because I believe that what we see in the church, in the kingdom of God today, is laziness. Somebody say it with me. Laziness. It's laziness. It's laziness. What we give to God, we give him a piece of what we're going to do. I, I, I was so blessed on, on yesterday. I was so blessed because it was a crew that came out and um, we were in here cleaning. And I was so blessed because I went in the children's room in the, in the nursery and they had some little Lysol wipes, and they was washing every little dish. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm going to be honest. Can I be honest? In my mind, I was thinking, Lord, we're going to be here all day if they wash it. It's a whole tea set back there. They're going to wash every, every little toy? Oh, my Lord. But they were in there, and they were happy. They were washing them. And then I started thinking, I said, praise God that their desire is that germs not be passed around. Their desire is that when the children come in, they don't get sick because another child. They wanted to wash everything to keep it in compliance with what would bring health. Whatever you do, do it heartily. So your reward is reserved for who? For you or for me. And your reward is based on what you do. Your reward is based on how you do what you do. And here's the last one. Here's the last one. Your reward is from the Father. Your reward is from the Father. Your reward is from the Father. You got you to tell yourself. You got to tell yourself because sometimes people don't value you. Sometimes people won't value what you do, how you do it. They won't recognize you. But he says, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive your reward. It comes from the Father above. It's important for you to get that in your mind because when you get it in your mind, you'll say, man can't give me anything. Day in and day out, people ask me all the time, why you do some of the things you do or what you do? I do it because my reward is coming from him. Have you ever, have you ever gotten a gift from somebody? Or Oh, let me use this one. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Have you ever been at work and they had the Secret Santa program? And you'll be secretly hoping 
that you don't get such and such. Because every year, what they give somebody is a mess. And so you always be thinking in your mind, oh, I hope I don't get. Oh, I hope I get. You go in there and pull a name out, you be like, You get that person, you be like, shoot. You already got yourself set because at work, you already know. In fact, when they start doing the gifts, you already know whose gifts are whose. People be like, you be in your mind, it ain't yours in your mind. You be like, mm-hmm, that came from such and such. Because that's how they roll. But the Bible says that your gift comes from the Lord. Your reward comes from him. Look at, look at Matthew. Look at Matthew 5 and 12. Your reward comes from him. And I want you to see, see, he's a good, good father. He's a good father, and everything he gives is good. Everything he gives is great. He says, listen, 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 listen. He said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for what? Great is your reward. He says, great is your reward. That word great right there, that word great means it's strong. That word great means that it's all that in a bag of chips. That word great means that what God is going to give to you is so much better than anything that any man could ever give to you. So he says you ought to rejoice. You ought to be exceedingly glad. And in this verse right here, I love it because he's talking about the persecution that they were going to receive. He says, don't you worry about that because the prophets were persecuted too. Don't you pay attention to that because if you make it through this, great is your reward in heaven. He says, so the gift that God gives, the reward God gives is a great gift. Now, don't get it twisted. Everybody's going to get a reward, and a reward of the inheritance. Some of us going to get a reward for sonship because he says you're going to get a reward because you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're going to get that reward. It'd be like graduation. You know, at graduation, you complete the 12th grade, and everybody graduate, right? Everybody get a diploma, right? But it's some people who get what? Honors, valedictorian, salutatorian, summa cum laude. Some of us just get old laude, right? <laughs> he says, that's what's going to happen in heaven. Some of y'all going to be a whole bunch of old laude saints. Going to be just glad we made old laude, just glad we made it. He said, but I got some summa stuff for you. I got some rewards for you that are greater. I got a reward of inheritance that's a service reward. I got a reward. You know, we used to say back in the old days, we used to teach this lesson, and we used to say that, you know, everybody's going to get a crown, but some people going to have old ball crown because some of y'all crown ain't going to have no jewels in it because he said he give you a crown for this and a jewel for that and a jewel for that. But see, I, when I finish, I want to finish it strong. I want to get everything God's got for me. He says the reward that you have comes from the Father. So there's nothing that any man can give to you. Everything that God has for you comes from the Father above. There's no turning with him. That's what I love about him. It's no shadow of turning with him. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. So you don't have to worry about him getting an attitude with you and taking it back. You don't have to worry about him. Listen, what I love about him is you don't have to worry about how you act this week. Because God ain't going to do you like your parents. He ain't going to say, well, this week you acted up. So I'm going to make sure you get a little shoddy gift. No he says I love you and every good and perfect gift comes from the father above where there is no shadow of turning he not changed his mind about you or what he's got for you somebody said my gift comes from the father Woo! that way when you open it up you know it's gonna be good he said how is it that you being parents would give your children good gifts 
that the Father in heaven wouldn't give you something great. God said, I got a great reward for you and a great gift for you. You just got to believe I got it and you got to serve me. So our reward comes from the Father. He is rewarded. Somebody says a rewarder. I like 1 Corinthians 10 and 3 and I'm going to leave you right there. Because I want you to understand he's rewarding you because you bring him glory. He's rewarding you for bringing him glory. He's rewarding you. Somebody say, he's rewarding me for bringing me glory. That would be verse 31. Some of y'all want to eat right now. All ate the same spiritual food. That would be verse 31, Mike. I'm sorry. I told you verse 3 had food on my mind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here goes some more food. <laughs> Listen to this. He says, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. He says, I'm rewarding you because you bring me glory. I'm rewarding you because you make me look good. I'm rewarding you because when people see your life, they want me. I'm rewarding you because people smile and they are attracted to what's on your life. I'm rewarding you for that. I'm rewarding you because you fed somebody when they were hungry and that brought me glory. I'm rewarding you because you encouraged someone when they were down and that gave me glory. He said, I'm rewarding you because you went and visited people who were in jail or people who were homeless. You took care. He says, that's why I'm rewarding you because you brought me glory. So I came to tell you today that there are great rewards for your service. You got to know it's reserved for you. It's based upon what you do. It's based upon how you do what you do. And it's going to come from the Father. No man can give you anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.